No one comes to the Father but through Him. And this is why the gospel is the good news. Death no longer has any power over Jesus. Therefore, no longer has any power over you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're believing for anything else from God, you're believing for small stuff. Get motivated, inspired, inspiration for today. Amen. Let's just pray together. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak to my life, that you'd minister to my heart. I pray that your word would be revealed to me today in a way that I can understand it, so that I can speak it and do it and see it change my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're starting with a series that says, you can be the hero the world is searching for. Literally, you can be the hero the world is searching for. And in terms of today's sermon, someone needs to speak up. I want you to think about God. I want you to think about the fullness of creation. I want you to think about what Jesus came and did on the earth, how he died for us on the cross. Think about the covenant that God created with mankind. Mankind blew the covenant, didn't keep his end of the bargain. And Jesus came, the Son of Almighty God, the only begotten Son of the Father. And then what happened was that... uh, He lived our life. He died our death upon the cross. And he kept our side of the bargain. God kept our side of the bargain and kept his side of the bargain. His side of the bargain says that if we keep the covenant with him, there are all these promises that we have access to. Promises that come from heaven. Promises promises that come from the spiritual realm. And in terms of our relationship with God, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, But without faith... It is impossible to please Him. You cannot please God without faith. You cannot even get to heaven without faith. And it says, For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is the reward of those who diligently seek Him. So first of all, you've got to believe that God exists. And then when you come to Him, you've got to believe that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. Now, how do you diligently seek God? You diligently seek God by reading His Word. By praying, by being open to Holy Spirit, by being open to the voice of God. And I want to tell you that when you do that, you will have inside of your heart, inside of your spirit, and inside of your soul, the message that the world is desperate to hear. In Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 35, it says this, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, How will he also not along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword In terms of you being the hero that the world is searching for, it starts out with a belief that if God is for us, who can be against us? Listen, if you don't believe that, you will not be the hero that the world is looking for. The Lord Jesus is both our Savior and our judge. The Lord Jesus is going to determine who makes it into heaven and who doesn't. The Lord Jesus is going to determine 
what rewards we get as believers in terms of what have we done with the calling of God upon our life. And if we look at that, He's our Savior. He's our judge, but not only that, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. You know, when you're not even thinking about God, when you're doing something else, Jesus is interceding for you before the Father. He is advocating for you. He is your advocate. He is your lawyer. At no time is he not interceding for you. And the other thing is, is that as we are saved... Here's what we need to realize. Jesus seals our salvation by giving us the Holy Spirit. We carry the Holy Spirit. We carry the Spirit of God. We carry the anointing of God. We, because we carry the anointing of God, you need to understand what anointing means. In the time of the kings of Israel, they anointed the king. They poured oil over their head. And if you are anointed of God, it means that you are a ruler in the spiritual realm. Right now, if you have Jesus, you are a ruler in the spiritual realm. Therefore, as Christians, we carry the authority of Jesus. Now, there's a passage we've looked at often, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. But I, I, I thought, let's look at this from the message because it gives us another, another view on this, another aspect to it, another understanding. And it says here, Jesus undeterred went right ahead and gave his charge. Listen to what he said. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. So God the Father authorized and commanded him to commission us. We're commissioned. Verse 19 says, Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, making them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you, and I'll be with you as you do this day after day, right up to the end of the age. So Jesus was authorized and commissioned and commanded by God to commission us. And he commissioned us with his authority. Now, what are, what are we commissioned to do? We're commissioned to move, to, to reach everyone we meet. We're commissioned to train everyone we meet. People we meet far, people we need, meet near. In this way of life that Jesus has given us. Marking them by baptism. Baptism in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then instructing them to practice all that He has commanded us to do. So... We're commissioned to reach the world. But I want you to take a look at the world that we're commissioned to reach. It's a world where the unborn have no rights. We get offended at the slightest thing. If we say the wrong thing to the wrong person, that's it. It's the end of the world. Yet the unborn person, they can be killed in a most gruesome way. No problem. We live in a world where men identify as women in order to get into ladies' bathrooms. And then when a girl gets raped there by a man who identifies as a woman, often in the world that gets covered up because it doesn't suit the narrative. It's a world that doesn't even understand something that is as simple as gender. And I'm sure as we look at this world that all of us can sit and we can find a list of problems that we see in South Africa. 
We can list all the things that are wrong with our nation. And we complain about them regularly. Oh, South Africans love to complain regularly about what it is that is wrong with the nation. I want you to think about in the midst of this world, we're commissioned, right? The Lord has commissioned us. And when we look in the midst of this world and we look at these problems, are we commissioned to remain silent? Are we commissioned to complain? Are we commissioned to go out and fix it in our own strength? Are we commissioned to pray about it but do nothing? Are we commissioned to go out and do what God's called us to do without praying? I want to tell you we are commissioned to go out in the power of God. I want to tell you that you need to be spending time with the Lord. You need to be spending time in His Word. And you need to allow the Holy Spirit to build your faith up. And then you need to go out with the commission of the Lord upon your life. With a touch of God in your soul. With a fire of the Holy Spirit burning brightly that people are going to come and they're going to look at you set on fire with the power of God. Set on fire for the Lord. Because then you will have influence and they will listen to what you've got to say. But I want to tell you, there are too many people that come to the church and they just sit to get a good word. There are too many people that come to the church and they just come to pray. There are too many people who come to church and say, I will pay my tithe, but ministry is not mine. There are too many men and women like this who will not speak up. And someone needs to speak up like the prophet Elijah did. The world needs men and women who are filled with the Holy Spirit to speak up. The, more, the world needs men and women who are prayed up, who are filled with the power of God to speak up. The world needs men and women who know the power that they have because of the name of Jesus that seals their souls and the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of them. The world needs people like that to speak up because you have a message that the world out there doesn't know and it desperately needs. The world needs people who know God personally and intimately to speak up because it's only those people who know what's actually going on, who know what the solution really is. Man-made institutions, man-made things will not solve what the world's got to offer. But if we're going to be that kind of a hero then we need to recognize that because we have the Holy Spirit, because of what the blood of Jesus has placed on our lives, that our words carry power. I want you to think about one man whose words carried power and his words carried power even before the cross, even before Jesus was on the earth. His story is recorded in the Old Testament and it's a man named Elijah. And this man named Elijah in 1 Kings 17 verse 1 stood up and said, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Think about Elijah. Elijah was a man who knew the power of words. And as a man of God, he went to the king of Israel and he established a decree over the whole nation. Because of your sin, there will not be rain, there will not even be dew until I say so. He made this decree before the highest authority in the nation, the king, a king named Ahab. And at that point when Elijah went to him, Ahab did not know, the king did not know who Elijah was and therefore didn't regard him with much importance. I want to tell you something. It does not matter if the king does not know you. Does the king of kings know you? 
as the days and months passed after Elijah had made that decree, a drought came. And as there was no rain and as there was no dew, the king began to remember those words. And Elijah, who the king did not regard much, all of a sudden, Elijah became the most sought-after person in the entire nation. If you will spend your time with the Lord, if you will spend your time in your prayer closet, if you will spend your time in the Word, if you will allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to convict you, to overwhelm you with the love of God, if you will allow the Holy Spirit to fill you with the commands of God and you're willing to submit to God, God will send you out into the world and they may not regard you at first, but they will come to regard you in time. The drought Elijah prophesied was the most serious in all the history of Israel because it lasted three and a half years. And all of this was as a result of the judgment of Almighty God over the people of Israel. And the reason that it had happened is a reason that we see very much in our world today. I'm looking at all the people trying to bring all sorts of solutions to all sorts of problems. And you know what I see? They're trying to bring those solutions without God. And no matter how good your intention is, if you're trying to bring the solution without God, it's destined to fail. And the reason why the, the nation of Israel was under the judgment of God was because the people had distanced themselves from God by worshiping Baal. In other words, they adopted another God, and that was not the God of Israel. You know, everyone prays to something. Some people pray to money. Some people pray to angels. Some people pray to the ancestors. Everyone prays to something. Some people pray to themselves. They believe they're their source. They believe they can do everything. Everyone prays to something. And so because the Israelites are praying to Baal and they're worshiping Baal, they had already killed just about all of the prophets of God and they had dedicated themselves to honor the prophets of Baal. The witches and the fortune tellers and the spiritualists were all enjoying great popularity and the, the people believed in them. After three years, Elijah presented himself once before the king Ahab again. And he established a meeting with him. And Elijah said to Ahab, bring the 400 prophets of Baal. I myself will be there. And bring all your soldiers and bring all the people of Israel. And we'll meet at the top of Mount Carmel. You see, Elijah had a purpose. He wanted to demonstrate that the people of Israel were worshiping a false god. And so he, he, he proposed that they would build two altars and, and each would try to get their God to demonstrate his power by causing the fire on the altar. In other words, the altar would not be set alight by men. The God who responded with fire would be the one true God. And the people accepted the challenge. They were confident in their God. However, despite the desperate pleas of all of these 400 prophets of Baal, cutting themselves even, doing all sorts of things, nothing happened. There was no fire because Baal was not God. When Elijah cried out to the Lord, the Lord set fire and he consumed the entire altar. He even consumed the rocks that the altar was built on. He, he consumed all of the water that Elijah had gotten him to pour onto the altar. And even the soil was burnt. So for Elijah, it was easy to confront a rebellious nation because he believed God and he obeyed him. He was doing what God had commanded him to do. And due to his obedience, God responded with fire. He took the sacrifice. He took the firewood. He took the water and everything that the, pro that the prophet had offered him. And he was pleased with that offering. I want to say to you today, obedience brings rewards. I also want to tell you today that when we're obedient, God shows up. Tell your neighbor, when we're obedient, God shows up. 
Come on, say it with gusto. Say it with a zeal. Say, when we're obedient, God shows up. Romans chapter 8, verse 33 and 34, it says, Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is He who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. You do realize that you don't have to do everything yourself because you have the Lord Jesus Christ himself seated right now at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding for you. And Elijah didn't even have this opportunity. He didn't even have the cross when this whole incident happened. Jesus is interceding for you right now while you're in the service. Tonight he'll be interceding for you. While you're eating your McDonald's burger, whatever you're going to have for lunch, Jesus will be interceding for you at the right hand of the Father. God is the one who justified Elijah. God is the one who gave him the authority to speak God's word. And I want you to realize today that obedience remains important even in the new covenant. And why we're obedient? We're obedient because we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit and we have access to the throne of Almighty God through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the blood of Jesus that was shed for us on the cross of of Calvary. And we have access to the throne room of God. We have access to the Father in the name of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus that gives our press power. And so we take advantage of the access that was won for us on the cross. We come to the Lord in prayer. Elijah had come to the Lord in prayer, and now he took a huge risk. If God had not shown up, they would literally have killed him. You know that after this incident, all the 400 prophets of Baal were executed. They were killed because they were false prophets. Elijah would have died had God not shown up. But he was speaking the will of God. And the will of God was that God wanted the nation to repent. And he was obedient to speak God's word. And the lesson is, when you join your mind with the thoughts of God, his fire will come down and burn all that is out of order in your life. He will even burn all that is out of order in your community. An incredible and a supernatural thing will happen. And besides that, he takes his life, Elijah does, and he places it as a flame. And God burnt up everything that Elijah had put there. And God will come down with a flame if you're, in your life if you're lame. And he will burn everything that is inside your being. He will bring salvation to your household. He will bring salvation to your family. He will bring salvation to your city. He will bring salvation to the nation through you. And this is all perfectly possible and can come upon us as a result of us living our lives that we've offered to God. We're obedient not to get to God. We're obedient because nothing can separate us from the love of God. When you're going out, you've got to go out knowing this. Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And the answer is nothing can separate us from the love of God. Absolutely nothing. No circumstances can separate us. No demonic entity can separate us. We have permanent access to the love of God because of the cross. Permanent means it's forever. Permanent means it's never ending. Permanent means it never goes away. Our troubles are not an indication of where we stand with God. You know, sometimes Christians come with this notion that says, I'm far from God. Why? Because I've got all this trouble in my life. Yeah, sometimes that is the case. I will be honest with you. But that's not necessarily the case. How many of you realize Elijah had troubles in his life because he was following God? 
Elijah had to stand up before the king of his nation and the armies of his nation and all the people of his nation and the false prophets and he had to stand up for God. Do you think he didn't have trouble? What Paul says is, if, if your faith is in the Lord and if your heart is on the Lord, nothing can separate you from the love of God because of the blood of Jesus. And because of the blood of Jesus, we are all sanctified. We're already anointed by God to run a cell group. We're already anointed by God to make disciples. We just need to be obedient. We need to get trained. We need to be training others. We need to be making ourselves and our homes available for others. We need to let the Spirit of God flow through us into the lives of other people. We need to let the love of God flow through us into the lives of other people because there are people out there who need God and we have the answer. Active Church, I want to say that again. There are people out there who need God and we have the answer. What is your focus in life? What is it that you are focusing your life on? Let me tell you something. God, His will is in impeccable. And the first thing He wants from you is your worship. Your worship is where you lay everything down for Him. He is first and foremost in your life. And I, you messed that up from the time you were conceived. So the next thing that He wants, so that you can worship Him, is that you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then what's the third thing He wants? He wants you to go out and to share the word about Jesus and what Jesus has done in your life with as many people as possible, empowered by the Holy Spirit, so that they would be touched in their hearts and their souls, so that they too can be saved. Because the Bible says in a number of places, it is not the will of God that any human being should end up in hell. Sometimes we're living life and when we live life, we feel overwhelmed. Sometimes we're believers and we feel overwhelmed. We know the Lord, but we're overwhelmed. We're not telling others about Jesus because we're overwhelmed. Well, the thing is then you go to Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. And again, I want to take it from the message where Jesus says, Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? He says, Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the, un, the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I want to tell you when you're in the will of God and you're operating with the power of God and you are led by the Spirit of God and you're, you're trusting in Jesus with regards to all of your burdens, it's easy. It's easy. Come to me and get away with me. And you'll recover your life. You'll recover your life. Then he says... Walk with me and work with me. And I'll show you how to do it. I'm going to ask you right now to close your eyes. And I want you to think about your life and are you burdened?
I'd like everyone just to stay seated, please. I want you to think about your burdens. Learn from the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. You know, if anything that God wants you to do feels heavy or ill-fitting, either you're not doing what God wants you to do or you're doing it without Him. Keep company with me and you'll learn from, to live freely and lightly. What does it mean to live freely and lightly? Well, what are many of the burdens we carry? It's burdens of unforgiveness and burdens of resentment and burdens of failure. Burdens of our own sins and mistakes. Burdens where we're not experiencing the power of God because we're not doing what God asked us to do. Burdens because we're not spending time with the Lord. Burdens because we don't read His Word. And I want to challenge you with that because you know you come here to the sermon and whatever you receive from me, whatever you receive from the Word in a sermon is second hand. When you read the Bible for yourself, and I'm talking about the Bible, God speaks to you with words that I can't as a human being articulate. You need to be connected with the Word. The Word is Jesus. The Word is the Bible. You need to be connected with Him. He is the source of your life. He is the source of everything. And what I see now is a picture. It's almost like a stream is flowing and there's a gentle breeze. The stream is your provision. And the gentle breeze is the Spirit of God that is touching your soul right now. Touching you in the the sore spots. Restoring your soul. He's changing things inside of you that need to be changed with relationships that you're in with people that are under strain. There are people that are close to you and the relationship with you is not going well even though they're important to you. But right now the Holy Spirit is touching you. There are things in you that need to change for that relationship to come right. He's ministering to you right now. He's breathing His love on you right now. And the Spirit of the Lord is setting at liberty right now. It's setting free right now that inside of your life which is captive. As I stand here before you today, Jesus is real. So many people are tired. They're worn out. They're burnt out. 
and they're worn out and they're burnt out because they do not know what you know. They do not know what I know. They do not know this Jesus. And Jesus wants to use your mouth to tell them about him. And sometimes when we minister to people with the power of the Lord and we hear about what's going on in their lives, just knowing what's going on in someone else's life suddenly makes our problems look small. And let me just ask you this question as you as you just sense in the presence of the Lord right now. How big did God look to Elijah after God came through for him like that? After that fire rained down. Now God must have already looked pretty big to him before for him to, to, to issue that challenge and to stand there man alone against an entire nation that was in sin. He must really have trusted God. He must really have had some kind of faith. But how much greater was his faith after God came through? Just feel the ministry of the Lord right now. The Lord is here. His presence is here. The anger that you might have is going. God is touching you. The resentment is just seeping away. He's assuring you to put your hand in His hands over those financial issues. The blood of Jesus is there to wash away all your sin. If you just be the one that is there, just trusting the Lord. Trusting the power of the blood of Jesus to take away your sin. It is washing your sin away right now. Just let the Lord touch you now. I'm going to ask you just to repeat. We're going to pray these words of Jesus. So I'm going to ask you just to repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord, I bring you my tiredness. There where I'm worn out. There where I'm burnt out on religion. And I'm coming to you. And I see you now. Recovering my life. I see the power of your cross. And the supernatural nature of your blood. To take me into your place. Of real rest. I'm going to walk with you now Lord. And I'm going to watch you. To see how you do it. To learn from your unforced rhythms of grace. And I'll take on your burden because you won't lay anything that is heavy or ill-fitting on me. I'm going to keep company with you. 
And I want to learn to live freely and lightly. I forgive all those I need to forgive. I resist resentment. It will not plague my heart again. I will not take offense because I trust in you. My faith is in you, Lord. Let me feel your glory right now. Just fill my heart and my soul as only you can. Right now. Just hold up your hands. Just see the Lord standing in front of you and just receive from Him right now. Right now, the next few, few minutes, not minutes, sorry, the next few seconds, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep quiet, but as I keep quiet, just receive from the Lord in Jesus' name. as we're in this time, I just want to finish off and read to you from Romans 10, 8 and 9. You can't receive the ministry of Jesus unless you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And those that need to move in the service, can you move now quickly? And in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 8 and 9, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you. In other words, the word of God it's near you because you've heard it in the service. It's in your mouth and in your heart. In other words, you can speak it and it's in your heart because God has spoken to your heart right now through the Holy Spirit. And what word is that? That is the word of faith which we preach. You know, we started the sermon out with Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. This word of faith you've heard today. And verse 9 says, this is the word of faith. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what does the word of faith say? That you say, Lord Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. You open your heart to him, you let him in. You let him take charge, that's what, you, that's what you're doing. If you declare that with your mouth, you say, Jesus, you're my Lord. And if in your heart you believe that God raised him from the dead, because if you raise him from the dead, it means he died on the cross. It means his blood was shed for you. It means he's still alive. It means you believe that you're seated at the right hand of the Father. It means you believe that the blood right now has the power to wash away your sin. That's what it means if you believe that God raised him from the dead. So if you say it with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then it says this you will be saved. And so I want to ask you this morning, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Maybe you've never given your heart to Him before. You have an opportunity right now. Maybe the Lord has been speaking to you in this service. Maybe in that time of prayer, God was touching you. It was the Holy Spirit. He was speaking to you. And then the Lord is saying, right now, you have an opportunity. Right now, give your heart to me. Right now, let me touch you. Let me save you. Let me waken your spirit. Let me draw you into eternity. Right now. 
Maybe you're struggling. You say, I'll do it later. The Lord say, no, you don't have later. You need to do it now. Because now is the time of your salvation. At the altar, the Lord saying to you right now, He sacrificed everything. He sacrificed everything He had on the cross for you. And so you're committing your life to Him who gave up everything for you. And if you respond to this and you're actually replying to God and you're saying, Lord, this is my time. This is my time with you. Lord, this is my time. I want to commit to you now. Lord, I can't wait until later because I do not know if I'll have later. And Lord, I don't want to live the way I've been living. I want to know from this day forward that I'm right with you, that you're with me. I want to live close to you from this day forward. And I want to know that one day when the time of my death comes, I will not fear because I'll know that you'll be with me. And I'll know that my, my death won't affect me because I'll be with you for eternity. And so if you need to give your life to Jesus, or today maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus because, yes, once upon a time you, you laid your life at the altar, but you've maybe taken it away. Maybe you've backslidden. And so if that is you, I'm going to ask you right now. You either need to commit for the first time or recommit your life. Right now, just raise your hands if you're here at one of the sites. And those who, who raise hands, we're going to pray with you. Just raise your hands right now. Some hands have gone up. Is there anyone else? Those of you that are online, if you can please send an email right now to info at theactivechurch.org. That's info at theactivechurch.org. And just say either I've given my life to Jesus for the first time or I'm recommitting my life to Jesus today. And leave us a contact number and we'll contact you. We want to walk this journey with you. Another hand's gone up right at the back. <clears throat> I see that hand. Is there anyone else? One last time. The Lord has been speaking to you. The Lord has been ministering to you. And He wants you to, to come back to Him. Or maybe to give your life to Him for the first time. Just raise your hand right now. Some more hands have gone up. Please, site leaders, if you're at the site, please see the hands of those who might be raising their hands right now. If you're in one of the sites, you've been given a slip of paper right now. Please make sure you fill that in. And now we're going to pray together. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I recognize that I'm a sinner. I repent of everything that I've done wrong. And I renounce my life of sin, accepting the sacrifice that you made for me on the cross. You paid for my redemption with your blood. And so today I ask that the blood of your wounded body would wash me of all rebellion and all sin. That by that same blood, you would set me free from any sickness and any pain. And I accept by that blood that the entirety of my debt has been paid. That there is no outstanding balance because you paid everything for me on the cross of Calvary. And so I accept that by your blood I'm justified. And you see me as I've never sinned. 
and that by your blood I'm sanctified. You've chosen me to serve you. And I'm willing to serve you. And so today I open the door of my heart. And I invite you to come in as my Lord and Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me and giving me eternal life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Like what you're listening to? Follow us on Gab and Twitter at ActiveFM. Instagram at ActiveFM777 and Facebook at forward slash ActiveFM. Let your